his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Jason DeRussia has the day off. This is Drive Time with DeRussia. I'm Dave Schrader sitting in. Thank you for having me back, WCCO. I'm a little uh, I'm a little rankled by a strange news story that uh, came across the old ticker. Uh, not necessarily breaking news. This uh, news story came out a few days ago, but I'm I need insight. I need to understand what's going on here. Uh, a state law enforcement group is calling out Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty over her response to an incident where a man allegedly dragged an officer with his car. Now, according to a criminal complaint that was uh, put on November 13th, a Maple Grove police officer conducted a traffic stop for tinted windows and failure to signal. Now, during the interaction, the officer learned that the driver's license was also suspended. Now, the officer reported seeing what appeared to be a finished alcohol container on the floor of the vehicle. These are red flags everywhere. Am I wrong? Am I am I mistaking this? Is this not the job of a good police officer to note these things? At that point, he asked the driver to exit the car. Now, dash cam footage actually shows the driver talking calmly to the officers, even taking the breathalyzer test. But after two and a half minutes, when an officer attempts to search him, he's then seen running back to the driver's seat. And as another cruiser pulls up, The driver hits the gas, sending an officer to the ground, dragging the other officer approximately 40 yards. And watching a Vikings game, we know how far that can seem. 40 yards. Now, Daniel Rudolph, 40, of St. Louis Park, has been charged with two felonies for the incident, obstruction and fleeing a police officer. But the Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association say that's not enough. That video could have ended so differently. Differently, according to the General Counsel for Minnesota Police and Peace Officers Association, and it should give everyone a pause, really. And then we don't have any felony assault, no felony assault charge for the perpetrator that committed this act, this intentional act. The Hennepin County Attorney's Office says there's no possible way to prove the incident was intentional. You jam on the gas and drag a police officer 40 yards, and there's no way to prove it was intentional. Leaving the site of uh, where you're being held over by the police and not given permission to take off, that should be another clue to the perpetrator. According to the article, it says, We're grateful the officer in this case escaped the incident with minor injuries. We fully recognize and appreciate the potential danger for the defendant's actions, and that is why we charged him with two felonies for his conduct. 
as any prosecutor or defense attorney understands, we need evidence to support charges and prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. Unfortunately, we're unable to rely on false characterizations of the facts by individuals from interest groups who don't have any access to all the evidence in the case. The evidence here is the defendant fled from the officers in a motor vehicle and caused injuries while interfering with the officer's duties. And we charged him with the most serious charges we were ethically able to charge based on the evidence. To prove assault, we would need to prove he intentionally used the car with the purpose of intentionally inflicting bodily harm. Not simply that bodily harm was caused by his actions or that he should have known the officer would be injured. And evidence that his purpose was to use the vehicle in that way, just, well, it's just not there. Now, when an officer's arm is in the door and that arm is trapped by said door, I think the intent of the individual, the defendant, fleeing kind of shows that he doesn't care about anything but getting out of that moment. And each foot that goes by seems to be pretty clear intent for not caring or showing lack of interest in whether this police officer is going to be hurt or not. They have 40 yards that they dragged this officer, Ali said. This uh, charging decision represents an alarming trend from the HCAO where violent offenders are not charged or they're undercharged with crimes. Minnesota law has long recognized vehicles being treated as weapons in these type of situations. It's alarming how police officers are treated differently than citizens in the eyes of the HCAO. The Maple Grove Police Department says the officer who was dragged missed two weeks of work due to a shoulder injury and is still very sore. Another officer suffered minor abrasions. Rudolph, who has previously been convicted of armed robbery, could face five years or more in prison if convicted. I, I don't get this. I, I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thick in the head. It's a possibility. But how is it that this is not being – maybe, okay, this is it, right? We've swung from one end of the spectrum to the other, right? For, you know, quite a while the police have been under a microscope for the way they interact with um, defendants, perpetrators, And now it seems a pendulum has swung the other way where now maybe we've got to let these people just have their way with the law before we really worry about the law officers themselves, the people that are putting their lives on the line. What's my skin in the game? I come from a long line of law enforcement agents. And I'm bothered by this. I'm I'm irritated by the situation. As a matter of fact, did we get him with all of the things we should have? How about if he was wearing white, let's slap him with uh, wearing white after Labor Day. Was he humming along to a Paul McCartney Christmas song? Because that should get him five years right there. He should have changed that dial. But in all seriousness, this is insane to me. We don't know the actual intent of the driver. If only we had an attorney that could be a part of this, Charlie. Any luck in getting us an attorney? We're working on it. All right. I know we have one that might possibly join us here in a little bit. I'm watching the uh, Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. 
If you have a thought on this, an idea, what is going on, let me know. If you are an attorney that maybe has a different insight into this or you're somebody on the police board, I'd love to get your your take on this, your insight, because I just do not comprehend this. Again, when it gets to the line where, hey, we don't, you know, we need real proof. How about the proof that your police officer was dragged 40 yards? That's not like it's not catching a little fish and telling your buddies you caught a big fish. 40 yards and a few inches. You know, one thing would be he took off and the cop grabbed on and let go and he, he was dragged six to eight inches. Okay, I get that. The cop grabbed it. Maybe he shouldn't have grabbed the door because unless he's the Incredible Hulk or a Kryptonian that's here hiding amongst us, he wasn't going to stop that car anyway. I get that. But there was intent. When you continue to drive and you know you've got a cop attached to your car and you do not stop, where where is the confusion on this? It's it's crazy to me, totally crazy. And I can't be alone out there in my righteous indignation of shaking my fist. And, uh, you know, listen, police officers have to go out every day and face uh, a world that a lot of us should be thankful we do not have to face. F- facing things and moments in time that uh, would would crush the average citizen. They have to see death. They have to see cruelty. They have to see accidents. And then they have to make their way through this and and continue to do their job. Now, I understand there are bad apples as there are in every business in the world. And I don't want to get into the debate about that. What I'm talking about is this specific case and the reason that they decided not to follow through. And I understand they went after him for the two most important felonies. But again, how are those two not more important than uh, maybe not call it attempted murder, but but it's still assault on a police officer. Why is that not in there? Work it out in the plea bargain later on, whatever. But I, I just think they should be going after this with a lot more zeal and vigor. And I want all of our police officers across the great state and maybe around the world that are listening to this show. No, I've got your back and support, and uh, I don't understand why this is going on. Yeah. Uh, one of our texters says, I have two words for Moriarty's reasoning. Re-adiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, can't, uh, can't complain with that theory. That, that bolsters. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. I've got a couple other <laughs> news stories maybe I can get a little less wound up about. But, uh, again, if you have a thought on it, give us a call. Text me on the Twin City, or I'm sorry, on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. It's a whole lot of words. Words is hard. 651-461-9226. I'm Dave Schrader filling in for Jason DeRussia right here on Drive Time with DeRussia. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Goat Girl yeah, Strikes. Yeah, you're not a fan of this song before I the show. I had to get this it in. song. Yeah. Stevie Listen, Nicks, a classic. I love Stevie Nicks. I love Christmas music. Sometimes things don't mix well together. Mm-hmm. And this, Paul McCartney, Christmas music. There you go. Right, but at least his voice is Paul McCartney. I don't know what she's... <laughs> and, uh, she I, always uh, has uh, a little bit of that, though. Uh, she goes full goat boy in this one, though. Yeah, that's, that's always brutal. a little there, though. So we're talking about this case uh, that took place here in Maple Grove where a police officer was dragged 40 yards by uh, the defendant, the perpetrator, and uh, they decided not to press any charges on that. Uh, Of course, we've got the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line open, 651-461-9226. A couple quick messages that have come through. We don't know the intent of a drunk driver who kills someone, but they can absolutely be charged we don't know the intent of someone who gets in a bar fight, but they can be charged if the other person suffers bodily injury. Those are great points. You can't can't get that wrong. We got Marty calling in and uh, has some insight on this. Marty, what did you want to share with us? Agreeing a lot with what you're saying in those last texts, but I have a different perspective. Please. Being a progressive liberal farmer, our system, it didn't, the pendulum didn't swing from right to left. It went up sideways. Mary Moriarty is not a liberal progressive. She seems to be an anarchist. And it shows how our political spectrum is a sphere because that borderlines the, the right-wing, alt-right anti-government. She just wants to sit back and let whatever happens happens. And it's not on the true left-right line of politics that we usually perceive things and register things. I she's wasn't... way off on her own tangent, and I hope she's uh, voted out of office. It's just uh, my brother's a sheriff's deputy in a different state. Right. From, we're from Minnesota, but this is just unacceptable for that not to be charged. Marty, you don't hold back. Let me know what you really feel about Miss Moriarty. Uh... <laughs> Listen, I, I don't. Maybe I mis, uh, misled when I said uh, swinging from one side to the other. I meant more along the lines of uh, because of the police brutality that has taken place and the protect, protection that we show to um, perpetrators that are pulled over, stopped, whatever potential uh, perpetrators. 
that, you know, because of what was going on in the glaring spotlight that was focused for so long on law enforcement, and I'm talking now about has it swung the other way where now we have to be a little bit more forgiving towards the uh, the bad guy because we don't we, we want to show we're being sensitive. Um, so I don't mean it necessarily gotcha, in a gotcha. political sure. manner. Sure, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that clarification and uh, and yeah, it's just uh, you know, oh, it's just I, I shake my head down here. It's, yeah, uh, you know, looking at and just like the the, uh, the the young man who was killed by the police in what was that Brooklyn Center last year, mm-hmm. and the family begging for a more stronger charge a few weeks or a month ago. I just I, I don't get her line of thinking because I see. The big problem we have is not, you know, yeah, there's bad cops. There's bad every walk of life. Right. But our legal system, the charging and sentencing, to me, seems to be the larger problem the last 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And we need judicial changes somehow, which I guess have to be legislated. But neither political party and legislature wants to work together to actually get meaningful change done. So well, we're at that point. That can happen. Right. Thanks for calling in, Marty. We're at that point now where it's everybody's so afraid of making the wrong move, especially when we're in a, a you know a year that's coming into big politics and we want uh, you know we want everybody to love us and you can't. You got to make bad decisions or not bad decisions, tough decisions sometimes. Sometimes those tough decisions are bad. I do like this Ohio court, Charlie. I don't know if you saw this article. Yeah. An Ohio woman has been sentenced to a month in jail and must work in fast food for two months after she attacked a Chipotle worker. Rosemary Hain was caught on video throwing food in the face of employee Emily Russell back on September 5th in Parma, Ohio at a Chipotle location, according to CNN. Hain, 39, pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor assault charge and Parma Municipal Court Judge Timothy Gilligan sentenced her to 180 days in jail at a hearing last week per the outlet. Now, Gilligan then gave Hain the option. Instead of you could spend 30 days in jail and then work the remainder of your sentence in fast food. I love it. Yeah. I mean, this is better than chopping off a hand. I th- That is my biggest that You always know if you're in a fast food restaurant or in some right. you know, dining establishment, you always know who's never worked these jobs. Yes. You always know, oh, you've you've never had to deal with this yeah. crap before. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. it. It's You don't understand what that's like until you're there. And, mm. you know, to tie this back in with last story, it's just about respect. And it's I love the fact that respect. they're holding her feet to the fire, that it's not just oh, like yeah. five, ten hours a week. She's got to work a minimum 20 hours a week Two months. or six 60 days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. I love this type. Now, this is holding people accountability. We don't have enough of that. We don't have enough people being held accountable for the ridiculousness of their entitled actions. And I'm probably responsible for that as well. There have been times I've been snippy. But you know what? I, I know when I've been in a restaurant, something gets under my nerves and I might have uh, been a little disrespectful to my wait staff. I'm usually the first to apologize or ask a manager over and say, hey, this person's doing a great job. I was a little snippy. This is not their fault. They brought me, you know, they took the order, they turned it in, and it was wrong from that end, not this end, right? So I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of people that don't take that time empathetically to realize that, again, people are working. And sometimes, you know, we're there in the middle of a a rush hour, and they're scrambling to try to fill as many orders as they can. And now we're in a new environment where people don't want to work for a living. 
So a lot of our fast food restaurants are going out of business or scaling down to two, three employees and trying to make it through, and we're going in all abusive. Yeah, The, the people that are working at these places, by and large, they're trying. Yeah. They're doing their best. They're, they're working their butts off to, to try and do as well as possible. Just a, the modicum of respect. Just the modicum just of, of just decency. Yeah. Uh, just, you know what? All right. I know it's taking long. I'm frustrated. Oh, you can be frustrated. You know, that's fine. Uh, you know, understandable. Maybe you're really hungry. It's been hours, whatever. Yeah. But just a little bit of. And I've I noticed it. that sometimes in courtesy, showing that courtesy, sometimes the managers will, you know what? Thank you for bringing that to our attention yeah. so politely. And let me give you your, your dessert for free tonight. You know, sometimes not that you're doing it for the accolades or getting something in return, but kindness works. Kindness works. We're uh, we're filling in right here. Dave Schrader for Drive Time with DeRussia. And uh, I will be back. We've got another interesting guest coming in. We're going to talk about the homeless crisis, especially with veterans in the Twin Cities area. And what can we do to make this better? We'll be doing that when we return right here on Drive Time with DeRussia. News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Drive Time with DeRussia. Sitting in for Jason, I'm Dave Schrader. Joining me now on the line, we've got uh, the uh, John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, James McLaughlin, Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans Outreach Coordinator. James, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Dave. Listen, I came across the article on uh, the CCO website, and I was I was just fascinated by this and what's going on, what we can do to help more and maybe raise the awareness to people about what's going on with the, the veterans in and around our state and the homeless crisis that's taking place. Yeah, well, uh, we appreciate that. Uh, MACV's mission is to end uh, veteran homelessness in the uh, state of Minnesota, and we do that by uh, – we try to do that by using – a variety of methods and means. But uh, when you talk about people being able to help us, there's several different ways they can do that. One, of course, is a uh, donation. The other one is uh, by volunteering. And another one that's uh, really important is really trying to keep the uh, veterans at the forefront of your thoughts when it comes, uh, especially this time of year. Right. Because uh, one, one of the biggest struggles we have is finding emergency housing for veterans. Like the shelters right now are all full. So um, one of the big pushes for me personally would be if we could find someone to open up, you know, maybe a few more shelters in uh, in the Twin Cities. Well, James, I, yeah, I'm the father of two veterans. I've got a third son that is serving in the military in uh, the Army over in Germany right now. Uh, I come from a long line of military family members from grandparents to, to fathers, uh, stepfather. All have served, unfortunately, because of a, a hole in my heart as a child. I was unable to serve my country as well, but looked into it. And then I, I look back and I think, wow, we, we are a proud country. We are a good country. We we back our, our citizens. We back our veterans. And then the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing not all of that is necessarily true. A lot of the programs that are set up are not as beneficial for the veterans. And to hear the wicked amount of homeless veterans in in our country is staggering. What is the overall extent to this? I mean, I know some of the uh, people in the military that are actively serving, sending their money back, doing what they can, and they're still barely getting by helping to support their family. Well, it's, yeah, it is, it's a, uh, it's a very sobering uh, situation, but I don't want you to think it's as dire um, uh, you know, as you stated, um, the actual um, right. inform me. Yeah, then I, that's what I need to know. That's what I'm here to do, Dave. Yeah. 
It's uh, like I said, and it, the, the statistics show that uh, frequently veterans are actually doing a lot better than uh, their compatriots in the civilian world. It's just that we um, sometimes have some barriers that uh, don't translate well to, uh, you know, to the civilian world. Now, one of the biggest problems uh, as far as uh, our veterans here in Minnesota is that they don't know enough about the services and the people that can help them. So that's why I'm really glad to be here today because there are quite a few people that uh, may not even know that they're eligible for services because uh, let's just say you get out on a bad conduct discharge or you, you, you get hurt in basic training. I have found so many veterans that have not even looked or tried to receive services for years because they didn't think of themselves as a veteran. So we started changing the dialogue and stating, you know, and asking the question, did you serve in the military? And then we found, we found this wave of, of people that, you know, raised their right hand and said they would uh, serve their country that are now eligible for services. So frequently it's veterans have not even tried to um, access services because they don't even know that they're eligible for it. So, and then once that, once they get started, then it's, it's this really great, uh, uh, this really great um, coming together of all the services in them. And then we try and also remind our veterans of who they were when they enlisted, you know, these dynamic, amazing um, human beings who just happened to need assistance. Like we all need assistance from time to time, right? Right. Yeah. So just, just try. And we are really about self-resolving issues, not, you know, not, not, it's not about handouts, but like helping the veterans overcome the barriers to safe, stable, permanent housing. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. You, you bring up the fact you wish more people would open up uh, these uh, shelters and places for Correct. the veterans to have to go. What is, I mean, again, this this is the, the things that frustrate me is what does it take to get that done? I mean, there, there seems to be so many houses in areas that um, are abandoned, forgotten about, just sitting there. Why is uh, local government, uh, local cities not taking those houses over? And at least during the cold winter months, turning those in to something that the veterans have a place to go, you know, live in safely, warmly, comfortably, and help them get back on their feet for that three to five month span that could be Mr. Winter here in, in the Twin Cities area. Well, I, I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's great that you say three to five months. I, I think Minnesota winter is like five to seven months, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be polite Water. so people listening from other states <laughs> might want to move here eventually, James. That is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, you, you talk about a very interesting, very interesting issue. There's zoning issues, and then there's also you got to think about when you put someone into an apartment or, or uh, into a dwelling, there are legal ramifications as well. And you can't just, you can't just take uh, buildings without a you know, really well-thought-out, coordinated plan and use them for temporary housing. We've done that. I mean, we've, uh, we've opened up, I believe we have about 240 brand-new units in our, in our MACV housing. We're looking at... Uh, moving up to 300 by the end of uh, 2024. So we're trying to do that. But uh, I can say that the city of Minneapolis and the city of St. Paul, we have one of the best shelter systems in the country, even with a cold weather. It's just that sometimes the need outweighs, uh, you know, uh, what's out there to be uh, utilized. These warming houses, it looks like, are being overwhelmed as well. So veterans, mm-hmm. are, you know, it's not just other veterans that they're competing with for a warm place and a good meal. They're competing against people from all walks of life uh, that are, are falling on hard times right now. Can you give us a, an idea? Obviously, you're in this and see these things firsthand. How, how bad is that crisis going on in our state? Well, it's, like I said, uh, homelessness is, uh, I, I believe, it has been classified as a, as a public health uh, issue by the city of Minneapolis recently, uh, because it is. And um, there are so many uh, levers and devices being used to try and attack this problem it's just that, um, yeah, the, the, it's, uh, it's just very daunting, 
But the one thing you got to remember is that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and that's one of the things we try and tell our veterans because we've been doing this for over uh, 30 years, and we helped over um, 1,700 veterans last year find permanent stable housing. So it's a battle we're going to keep fighting. Um, but uh, keep talking to your state legislatures, keep talking to the city, and uh, hopefully we'll get some land. Dave, do you have a billion dollars in your back pocket somewhere? Not in my back pocket, man, because that's okay. really heavy. I don't know if you've ever carried a billion dollars. I like to keep it uh, <laughs> underneath my bed in mason jars. Um, no, here's here's the situation, though, right, James? Is You and I talked offline. I said what's yeah. frustrating to me is, I listen, I'm all for progressiveness. I'm all for exploring. I'm all for making the world a better place all around. What is confusing to me is that we have a homeless crisis, a food crisis going on in our country, and we're sending probes to Uranus to check the water vapor cycles. And, you know, things that, although interesting and fascinating, I don't understand why these things are not taking place and the money is not being spent right here to make sure that people that need food can get it, that people that need housing have it. And people, I think, feel overwhelmed. Well, who do I write to? Who do I call? And does it matter? Does five letters, 10 letters, 15 letters to our council members in our town really make a difference? And do do things like, uh, what do they call it, uh, petitions, does that matter as well of getting the attention of our, our politicians? Well, you, you hit on something very um, uh, important, and with the you know uh, really current uh, election cycle, that's the number one thing. And getting involved actually does really matter. I mean, uh, Minnesota just passed you know, the first time ever this omnibus bill that was actually um, designed and designated for just veterans. That's the first time this ever happened, you know, in the history of the state. So um, it does matter to get involved. It's just you just nailed it on the head. Um, call, write, um, you know, march, make a personal appearance. But um, the only way politicians uh, respond are to things that um, their constituents find near and dear. And listening to you, I'm sure that you and, you know, everyone that listens to you will probably write a really – nice letter explained to, you know, Governor Tim Walz, who's been, you know, fantastic as far as assisting our veterans, that this is still a crisis that's ongoing. So even though we've reached um, functional zero in every county in the state of Minnesota except two, it's still a very, very serious problem. And what functional zero means is that if there is an occurrence of homelessness for a veteran, it's going to be rare, brief, and not reoccurring. What that means is that if someone ex- uh, experiences a bout of homelessness, there are systems in place to get them housed pretty quickly. James, could you hold on one more segment for me? We have to take a quick break. Would that be all right? Yes. All right. Yes. Stay tuned. This is Drive Time with Russia. Jason is off. I'm Dave Schrader. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back. This is Drive Time with Russia. Sitting in for Jason, I'm Dave Schrader. On the line with us right now, the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, we have James McLaughlin, the Minnesota Assistant Counsel for Veterans Outreach Coordinator. Boy, that's a mouthful, James, but I feel like it's better than MACV because I'm, you know, I want people to make sure they know what I'm talking about when we're talking about it. James, we might have found the financial backing you need. Charlie just told me, what was this baseball player just got for, signed for the highest baseball contract in history? Not officially signed, but uh, signs pointing to Shohei Otani maybe going towards Toronto. $600 million in that range is what they're looking at. So let's put the let's put the the caring hands in his pocket and see if he comes back. Uh, James, talking about uh, the things going on, you also have a Home for the Holidays campaign going on right now. Is that correct? 
Yes, we do. And that's on uh, WCCO. And uh, if you tune in, uh, we usually run those stories on Wednesday night and we highlight a, um, a different veteran or a community partner every night to show, you know, to show the work we're doing and to show the outcome. And they can text MACV to 44321, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. MACV to 44321. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Go ahead. I was going to say, we also have the winter salute this coming Wednesday at Target Field. So that's another fantastic opportunity for anyone who wants to actually come and maybe assist us with the veterans. And plus, I just want all the homeless veterans out there listening to come by and uh, get assistance. Fantastic. I appreciate the work you're doing and the, the, the group is doing. You said that you do have openings for donations, of course, volunteer oh, action. Yeah. All right. And if people are interested in making donations, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Well, you can go online. Um, you can make a donation that way. That's that's actually the easiest way, you know, because it's 2023 now. <laughs> and you guys, I, I, the article is so beautiful and you're talking about some of the, the veterans that you've helped and you had a recent story in that. I don't know if that's something you can comfortably talk about, uh, mm-hmm. but please, just to give people a little insight on the work that you're doing and and how these uh, outreach programs are helping veterans. Yeah, the the goal of uh, outreach at MACV is to meet veterans where they're at and then connect them with services. So once that's done, then you find out exactly what led to the crisis and. Sometimes in the past, um, you know, some veterans have gotten assistance and all they've received is, uh, you know, maybe a, a housing voucher. But you, what you really have to do is figure out what, you know, what made the situation happen again. It could be potential legal issues. It could be, um, you know, rental history. I mean, there are just several different barriers that we try and help our veterans self-resolve. So the goal is not to do everything for our veterans, but to help them uh, along that path. And the story we just did is a perfect example of that. The young man uh, in the story was uh, completely squared away and um, just need a little assistance. And because of his perseverance and staying connected with me and, and the other um, uh, workers within the VA, MACV, he's now um, in uh, comfortable, stable, permanent housing and, uh, you know, gainfully employed and, uh, you know, living his life. He just had a, a little hiccup and we're able to help him. So that's really how I look at it. Right. And I love the fact that it's not just a handout organization. You're not just giving right. them a fish to eat. You're teaching them to fish. No. You're giving them no, the skills and helping them get back on their feet comfortably, showing them what it would take and how to navigate these choppy waters. Well, frequently the veterans already have the skills. It's just helping them get out of that crisis period because you, me, anyone, when, when things really go bad sometimes, you just forget who you are and how to do certain things. And what we try and do is just illuminate that, uh, that uh, path along the journey. So, yeah, it's um, just helping them get back to who they used to be. James, thank you so much for the work that you do. Please spread the word. Keep doing the work that you're doing and helping the veterans. And I know that I speak for myself and I'm sure everyone here at WCCO for all the veterans out there that are in need. It's no shame in the game by by reaching out and accepting the hand to get back on your feet, even in a critical time like this. It's okay. It's not a breakdown. It's a reset. We're not uh, judged by that tumble we're judged by how we get back up and the strength that it takes to to take those moments of need right 100 percent, man that is the the number one thing and the other thing i always say to veterans is you've earned this like so um this this uh this service is yours because of your service to the country so yeah 100 percent. agreed thank you so much james it's been a pleasure speaking with you today and thank you for shedding the light yes have a great day man thank you so much it's Listen, you know, being the father of veterans, being the father of an active military son and uh, 
seeing what's going on out there, friends that have served in the military, children, it's it's tough, right? I mean, they're they're putting their blood, sweat, and tears into things, working their way through, doing their best for our country, stepping up, being asked to do things, uh, and and having to accept those jobs and those tasks. So I appreciate the veterans that have done that, and and I also understand the ego of sometimes being afraid to ask for help, and you. You just can't do that, especially when, as James brought up, you've worked for this. This is important, and you deserve to get that hand because when you were in the foxhole, when you were out there in the sweat of it and the thick of it, you were reaching your hand back to help your brothers and sisters. This is your moment to get your hand helped and get back onto your feet. So please take advantage of these situations. Take advantage of of any of the help that is available and out there. And if you're not sure that you qualify, then contact them. Just get the help. That's the important thing because so many, as he brought up at the beginning of this conversation, so many people didn't even know that they qualified for help because they were in short term or they might have been released not on the greatest terms. There may be help. So please investigate those opportunities. Check them out for yourself. I am, you know, I am perplexed. Again, I brought it up at the beginning of speaking with James. Is I, I want to see the world progress. I want to see things get better. And I want to see us be able to move and and see things, check things out and explore. But at what cost? Why are we spending so much money on things and projects that don't benefit life here? Well, it does in the long run, I, in the long run, but in the short term, we need to save the lives of the people and the citizens of this planet. We need to clean up our water. We need to clean up our areas. We need to put the money into providing homes for people, providing medical assistance for people, providing psychiatric care for people that are in desperate need of it, educating people so that they, instead of just getting the hand out of a fish or being taught to fish so that they can have a, a good life and a better life than just being gifted something for being here. Because in the long run, there's no pride in that. And that's why I think people fall into that dark cycle is because they haven't learned or haven't had the proper help getting out of it. So let's start spending more money into that. If you know somebody in your area, who do we start to write to to start to shift some of these funds but know that the funds are going to the right people, the right places? I'd love your input on this. You can hit me up through the talk and text line, the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651 461 Nine two two six. We will talk more when we return. We've got Bill Engvall joining us right after this. Drive time with the Russia continues. I'm Dave Schrader right here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. 
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.